0: You may not have noticed, but there is a discernible look of satisfaction on the faces of the monastic community tonight. The explanation for this is really quite simple. The Lenten fast ended this evening with a festive meal for the monastic community and guests. Beginning on Ash Wednesday, we observe the traditional monastic fast. No meat, no fish, no fowl, no dairy, No eggs, no butter, no cheese, no yogurt, no olive oil, no animal fats, no alcohol, no desserts, no fun, no kidding. On Holy Thursday evening, the fast ends with a festive meal, but first we begin with the washing of the feet and then proceed through three courses of all the things we have not eaten for 40 days. Guests who are not aware of this tradition can sometimes be shocked by the sheer extravagance of calories and carbohydrates. All this feasting is because Holy Thursday commemorates the institution of two great sacraments, the Eucharist, in which Christ dwells among us bodily, and the institution of the ministerial priesthood, in which every priest participates in Christ's own high priesthood. There is, however, a larger context for tonight's celebration that explains why the fast returns on Good Friday, though with a different character. That context begins with 12 words found before the institution of the Eucharist in the second Eucharistic prayer. Before he was given up to death, a death he freely accepted these words mean that the crucified Christ is more than the human fallout of first century power games the movement from given up to death to a death he freely accepted is the point where the story of Christ's last hours become a theological reflection focused on his voluntary self-offering as an innocent victim. He was not, as sometimes supposed, the wrong man in the wrong place at the wrong time. When we celebrate the Mass of the Lord's Supper, we remember that the Lord Jesus freely gave himself up, For the life of the world. This is not merely a meal remembered in the sense of an event that took place in a long ago uh, inaccessible past. In Catholic theology, the real presence of Christ transcends the historical event. Christ truly lived, truly died, and truly rose. These historical events remain true and continue to happen every time we celebrate the Eucharist. It is an encounter with a real presence that transcends history. This places the passion of Christ at the center of the Holy Triduum, just as it is in every Mass we celebrate. And this is because the cross and the victim that hang upon it is the means by which God's glory is revealed in this world as the length to which God will go to save the creatures made in his own image and likeness. Now, it may sound odd, I suppose, that I'm speaking more about Good Friday than I am about Holy Thursday. But we cannot understand what Jesus did at the Last Supper without, at the same time, seeing his self-offering on the cross. These two actions are simply two sides of a same coin. And that is why, despite the singing of the Gloria for the first time in six weeks, the mood of tonight's liturgy is marked by what is best referred to as sober joy, joy for the institution of two sacraments and soberness, because Christ has begun his Pascha, his passage to the Father. In the tradition, the liturgical cue for this has been the stripping and the washing of the altar following the Mass of the Lord's Supper. Crosses and candlesticks are removed, the lamps before the icons are extinguished, the tabernacle is emptied and left open, holy water founts are emptied, and the altar is washed with water, and wine is poured into the five crosses carved on it. This is intended as the church's homage offered to Jesus in return for the washing of his disciples' feet. I said that tonight's Mass is marked by sober joy. The stripping of the altar reflects the fact that the God we worship is a crucified God, but neither can we forget that this night also celebrates the Church's joy in our salvation. As we eat and drink his body and blood, let us pray that we will be changed into what we receive.